Hi, I'm Gar Sanders. I'm Jamie Wincup. I'm Lee Holdsworth. I'm James Courtney. We're the Forex Angels, and you're listening to the VA Insiders. It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now here's your host, Craig Revell. Bathurst is getting closer and Triple Eight is the favourite to take the Peter Brock Trophy. We look at why they're the best team in the country today. My aim and my intention always has been over the years that uh, two guys have, uh, have driven for us. We want to keep that up and provide them with the best equipment we can so that they can, if, if we are in a position of those two uh, fighting for the championship at the end of the year, then that they can have a proper go at doing it. As the red lights go out on another edition of the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. This news update is brought to you by V8X Magazine. Log on to the official V8X Magazine Facebook page for your chance to win some great prizes. Mark Scaife's future continues to be speculated upon with his driving career still racking up race wins. He's not reeled out being a driver in 2012. We asked Mark, what does Triple Eight do so much better than the other leading teams he has driven for? Well, look, it's very hard to compare teams from different eras because, you know, times change and circumstances change. It's a bit like comparing great Formula One drivers versus each other or great football teams versus each other. Um, you know, it's, that, that part of it's hard. However, um, I've been fortunate enough to drive for the best team of the 90s as Gibsons and the best team of the 2000s as HRT and now the best team of the 2010s as, uh, as Team Vodafone. And certainly Triple Eight um, are rock solid, the benchmark race team in this country, and they're doing a, a fantastic job. Adrian Burgess, the team manager at Triple Eight, shared his thoughts on how professional the team is compared to his experiences around the world. It's right up there. I mean, it's, it is Australia's, um, I think, most successful and professionally run team, for sure. And I think they've won awards to that effect uh, in the past, and they, they fully deserve them. Um, the team that Roland's put together before I arrived was second to none already. So, I mean, for me at the moment, my job's been, it's not easy, but, you know, it, it, all the ingredients were there. And um, they are a class act, and they, they rank up there with your... your your big teams in, in Europe and, and things, you know, they're up there. You know, the results speak for themselves. James Small has left Kelly Racing. The chief engineer of the Stratco car was praised heavily by his driver, David Reynolds, for his impressive 500 result. The relationship was also very close between Small, Reynolds and also the Stratco Commodore co-driver in Tim Blanchard. Yeah, we get along fine, you know, he's, he's a good bloke. Um, the funny thing as well, Small used to work with both of us. We used to work with his old man. A new engineer for the Stratco car is expected to be announced shortly. This weekend, the final seat at Bathurst will be filled as the V8 Supercar Showdown comes down to the conclusion where the Mildura boy, Cameron Waters, is up against the POM, Andrew Jordan. The two drivers will have their Bathurst dream revealed this Sunday on 7 May. Grant Denyer told the V8 Insiders he's been thrilled to be a part of the show. You know, plenty of heart about it. You know, young kids with genuine talent that would 
and are slipping through the cracks because they don't have the family connections, the dough. You know, they're not part of the lucky sperm club, you know, that, that have a lot of family money. So they're genuine talent. Um, I think their abilities surprised me a lot more than I expected them to. Um, and we shot it in two weeks, you know, like it, it was a rapid shoot. I've never seen an entire series shot in two weeks ever in my 10 years in television. So to do what they've done with it is remarkable. In other news, Castrol has thrown its support behind the Shannon's Mars car at Bathurst, while former Castrol driver and now the pilot of the super cheap autos racing car, Russell Ingalls, has unveiled his 200th race livery for his 200th race start at the mountain next week. Paul Dumbrell has told the V8 Insiders that he is happy with the decision to finish up his full-time driving career at the end of the season. It's been a big part of my life now, near, nearly 10 years uh, full-time in, in the main game. So, um, yeah, hey, you know, there's, there's always regrets in, like, uh, any decision you make in life. But uh, I think uh, all in all, when I look back, uh, I certainly uh, think I would have made the right decision. With his decision to quit opening up silly season for 2012... He shared his thoughts on the rumours and speculation. It's very interesting. It's uh, there was uh, everyone probably earmarked this season or silly season to be one of the quietest, but uh, in turn, it's actually been one of the biggest. So um, Lee Holdsworth, obviously probably the biggest name uh, to uh, to see what he uh, decided to do and going to uh, Stone Brothers, big change for him. Um, and then you know there's the rumours in here. We know about uh, my seat. So hey, I might, might have to make a comeback just to make throw another another twist and turn into the scenario, but. Hey, it should be good. There's a couple of uh, young drivers out there who are, who are capable of doing the job, so hopefully uh, someone will get a shot. So does Paul have a driver he'd like to anoint to take his seat? Oh, there, there's a number. You can't really pinpoint one. You look at the development series, there's a couple of good guys there. You even look at the main game, uh, you know, there's a couple of uh, opportunities there. Even our own co-drivers here, um, and Luke Yildon and Dean Canto, Steve Richards. There's a number of people out there. I guess it's just really the fit for the team. You've got Frosty and Will, who are very young. Um, and, and, you know, really pushing the envelope at the pointy end. So whether or not they, uh, you know, I guess blood some new uh, new young talent or whether or not they go for an experienced campaigner who hopefully can push the other two guys. Jason Barguana is also part of the Silly Seasons discussions, telling the V8 Insiders that he has not confirmed his plans for next year. Oh, look, we uh, we really haven't sat down and discussed at the moment. We're pretty focused on trying to win Bathurst and then we'll, uh, we'll work it out from there. But uh, I'm really enjoying Brad Jones Racing. I'm, I'm enjoying the relationship. The team's great, the car's fast, so um, yeah, who knows, bring on 2012. And that's the news on the V8 Insiders. After the break, we go rustling with Dave, and later we talk to Jason Richards about his health and driving future on the white flag lap. News on the V8 Insiders is brought to you by the official V8X Magazine Facebook page. Sign up and keep in touch with V8 Supercars. Take in the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers. V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. The views expressed on V8 Insiders, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect those of the network, Thunder Media, sportradio.com.au or V8X Magazine. 
Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth. You're listening to V8 Insiders. We're wrestling with Dave, but it's not the Fujitsu series. David Russell, first main game start with Kelly Racing here. How did you enjoy it? Yeah, look, it was great. The team did a, did a great job. Um, I was quite happy with my starter. We, we end up uh, from 11th up into 7th place, so that was good. Um, the, the, as the stint panned out, there was yeah there was a few cars that pro- possibly in front of us that were a bit slower, and um, we sort of got balked by them. And <laughs> when that happens, there's straight away there's others to lunge at you. And to be honest, it wasn't a smart thing to start um, start racing and blocking and all that sort of stuff. So um, we got a couple of those spots back and and settled in. But um, yeah, sort of later in the stint, I was trying to look after the tyres. The the um, yeah, during that stint, things things changed and the balance changed a fair bit, and it just had to sort of drive around the tyre mostly. So, um, yeah, and we came in, had a had a stop, and when I went on that other set of tyres, everything felt quite good. And um, yeah, from from there, from there during the stint, um, yeah, not sure what changed in the balance of the car as as it went on, but we sort of lost a lot of braking effectiveness. So I was sort of locking rears. Um, into Honda and having having some dramas um, getting into MG, so that sort of pulled us back and had to really pull the lap times back. And um, other than that, though, it sort of did my uh, did my stint hand it over. Todd did a great job, um, but you know t- when you have those long runs on it, and I think a lot of people were having a bit of bit of trouble with tyre degradation so um, we need to sort of um, do some homework there for Bathurst just to ensure that um, we can make these tyres last a bit longer Next time out it is Bathurst double duty for you with the Fujitsu Series and with the main game how have you got a strategy of managing across the two series? Yeah well I, I sort of um, I did it last year and did it quite successfully winning the, the, the round and all that, um, the main race was okay as well but um, yeah I think thing for me I've learned a couple of things from last year but yeah I've just got to make sure I manage my time appropriately and make sure that I get a bit of time to, to rest in between things as well and think about what the, the job I got at hand so and uh, a lot of that's you know making sure that you're structured in the time you catch up with your engineer and all that sort of stuff so yeah but now we'll, we'll be right and I'm looking forward to it and one other great thing about this weekend was uh, you're the talk of pit lane for a potential main game spot next year and I, I know your man- management is working very hard but uh, obviously when the scuttle butts there they're talking about you which is the right thing yeah that's all yeah that's it's nice to know and uh, certainly certainly um you know we would have liked liked to have uh, had a had a, a, a great result uh, today to really set things in but look uh, you know um, we, we we did um you know 14th place is um, nothing to be sneezed at but you know we set a goal to be higher up the higher up the field but um yeah no it's it's good to have good to have some teams talking and and uh, obviously there's a few seats available for next year so um the plan is to fill one of those seats and do it successfully um uh you know for the future my thanks to dave russell tony shebecki and peter Norton join me next on the v8 insiders controversy corner is next when we return with more on the v8 insiders You've taken the V8 to the races. You've watched the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now.
To ask a question of the V8 Insiders, just email them at v8insiders at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm Craig Lance from Team Vodafone, and you're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Joining us this week on the show from SEN's On The Grid, it's Tony Shebecki. Good evening, Shebex. I'm very well. As uh, well, it's grand final week for the football this week, and next week it's grand final. On oh, no wait, it isn't. Bathurst isn't the last race of the year, Peter Norton. No, but it is the big one. Are we allowed to get excited yet? Are we allowed to get excited? Ha ha ha! Yes, only I'm only a few sleeps away. But I think the burning question is, Mark Scaife, Tony, is he going to keep racing, or is he going to become? the head of the commission? Well, his immediate future is probably another Bathurst win. One might think in a couple of weeks' time, the way the, himself and Craig Lowndes went uh, on the weekend at Phillip Island. They were just so strong last week that you would think that uh, Bathurst might be already there for the taking for them. But beyond that, who knows? I mean, it's a quite an interesting one. Being on the commission sort of sets Scape up for his future, and I'm sure that he's not going to drive until he's 50, 55, 60. But at the same time also, I mean, while he's driving so well in the part-time capacity, and while Roland Dale, I'm sure, is still giving him some good coin to do it, it's a really hard toss-up for him, isn't it? Really hard. And he did make the comment in the press conference that uh, while he's still driving with Craig, Craig can't pass him in the number of wins and the like. So uh, it's a a toss-up. I mean, the one thing we do know is that Mark Scaife will do what Mark Scaife wants to do and what's best for him. So if he believes that continuing driving for the next couple of years and just holding off on the commission at the moment, I'm sure he'd get a spot on the commission at any time. Will he get a drive at any time? Probably not. So while he's still got the opportunity, I reckon probably another couple of years would see him out and then uh, on the commission for the rest of his life. Peter, the way Scafie's going with his fitness, with his speed, which we haven't seen for a number of years, him matching his uh, co-drivers in the Enduros, matching them lap for lap for speed... Yeah, I tell you what, if Roland Dane got a main game licence, you'd be thinking about putting him in the car full-time. Ooh, that might be a stretch. Um, but, yeah, Scape's got a, you know, what a great problem to have. If you look back at the statistics, um, his last three drives have all been wins. Yeah. Uh, and if you look a little bit further back uh, from that, he partnered up with uh, Greg Murphy in the Sprint Gas Commodore at Bathurst. And uh, if it wasn't for uh, you know, safety cars and a few things in luck, uh, you know, their strategy could have been a win there as well. Um, so he's fitting that niche very, very well of uh, you know, the long-distance uh, uh, co-driver. But I also remember his final year or so with the Holden Racing Team, and things weren't so rosy there. And uh, so I, I, I don't think he's really the, uh, the kind of fellow I'd put forward as a, uh, a full-time, you know, full-championship driver. He's got that niche for, for the endurance races, Let's only uh, give him credit for that. But the conspiracy theories, Peter, are that he was getting nobbled quite badly in his last couple of years at HRT. Ooh, uh, I mean, maybe that's the case. Um, you really have to uh, you know, be within that team to, to know exactly what equipment that he was provided with. Um, but uh, I remember at Phillip Island on a damp track that uh, you know, he apparently was struggling quite a bit. Uh, and, you know, that wasn't the car or anything. It was a car he was sh- sharing with, uh, I think, Garth Tander. And, uh, you know, he struggled in those particular conditions in that car. So I don't think he'd say he was nobbled there. Mm. It's an interesting problem to have, as you rightly said, Peter. But, Tony, do we 
really have to just say all bets are off, we're paying him out now because the bookies got it so right with Chris Judd at the Brownlow. <laughs> yes, didn't they? They were so close, weren't they? I think Judd missed out by eight votes or something in the end. Uh, Favourites don't always win, you're right, they don't, Craig. <sighs> well, I don't... Look, it's so many, there's so many uh, things that can go wrong. Of course, there is a Bathurst, but you just think on car speed and car preparation that the two eight cars are just streets ahead of anyone else. If anyone else wins, it won't... I don't know. Mm. For mine, Triple Eight have got it. One of the two cars gets it. I don't know which one. Things would have to go drastically, drastically wrong, I would have thought, for them not to win. Mm. Peter, I'll get your tip now since Tony's put his head on the chopping block. Well, uh, I'm also one that's reluctant to tip anyone other than uh, Lowndes and Scaife, uh, but you know, Triple Eight can make mistakes. We saw that at Queensland Raceway where they forgot to take the, uh, uh, the, the little blockers out of the trumpets in Jamie Wincup's car. So, you know, they're not perfect and Bathurst really does, uh, uh, is the environment for any little imperfection gets magnified 20-fold. So uh, I, I think they're a worthy favourite, but that's not to say that uh, it's pointless and they should be handed the trophy right now. Mm. I, think the, I think what you're looking for there, Peter, was Triple Eight used to make mistakes. Yes. I don't think Jordan. Uh, I don't think uh, the Triple Eight management would uh, put up with any more mistakes like they've had in the last uh, in the last few races before Phillip Island. There was a couple of silly things that did go wrong. So I would have sure. I'm sure that Roland does put his foot down, and we won't see that happen again. Oh, I, I'm sure that would have been uh, quite an interesting uh, debrief that day. Yes, yeah. <laughs> very much so. Hey, uh, we've got the Shannons. Supercar shootout coming to its climax this weekend. Waters, the local Madura boy versus that interloper from the UK, Andrew Jordan. Shebex, who's going to win that battle? Oh, mate, I was going for Samantha Reid. Spewing when she went out on the weekend. Uh, Andrew Jordan and Cameron Waters, they, they seem like they're both very capable drivers. Uh, you probably have to go for the local boy, don't we? Peter, what do you think? Oh, I, I think the tin-top experience from the uh, from the Pommy guy might just tip it, but it really does depend on what the the final criteria is. Um, if you go back to some of the early episodes, it was about reverse parking with the blindfold, steering only with your left hand, and you know anyone can win that because kind of thing. Because that's useful at Bathurst. Well, exactly. <laughs> It, it, it has been an interesting exercise, hasn't it, the uh, the, the concept, Peter? And uh, the execution, whilst you might not like it every time, it has come out uh, quite well. Um, I, I loved the concept. Their production values were really good. Um, I just thought some of their early tests were a little bit tedious and Mickey Mouse and not really, uh, not really a good pointer of capability in a race car. But uh, putting that to one side, because we understand how expensive it is to, to give all of your uh, applicants uh, you know, a, a opportunity in the, in the full race car, um, yeah, I, I think it's great. It's good for the sport, good profile, and uh, let's hope they stay out of trouble. Yep. Uh, here's my thought, boys. From, for the next series of this, let's not just get a race car driver for a car. Let's get a whole team via elimination each week. We do a different part of a team. So one week it'll be we have a driver shootout and the winner of that goes it becomes the driver of the car. Another week we look at getting the head mechanic. Well, we can even get down and do a MasterChef episode and have a caterer. Let's do a whole team from scratch over a 13-week period and then get them to race in the series. 
And let's put them on to Bathurst and uh, just see if they can do a pit stop without blocking up pit lane and uh, <laughs> affecting everyone's race. There's a variable that might stop Triple Eight because we're going to put them in the pit next to them. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. I love it. It is great to see some sense of humour as we come up to the biggest race of the year, the Bathurst 1000. Guys, we need to take a break. Gas and Go is next. Gas and Go is brought to you by V8X Magazine. Log on to the official V8X Magazine Facebook page for your chance to win some great prizes. Gas and Go on the V8 Insiders. Five questions in three minutes. Can it be done? Russell Ingall's going to start 200 races at Bathurst this year. Where will he start 2012, Tony? With super cheap money behind him anywhere he wants. Yeah. Peter? Oh, I absolutely agree, but I'd probably narrow it down to uh, two-thirds of the field. I expect it to be a Holden. <laughs> James Davison, Peter, wants to join the Fujitsu Series. Will there be three Davis supercar field in 2012? Oh, that's a loaded question, isn't it, about whether Alex Davison will still be in the series. Um, I've got no idea. Tony? I'm tipping two. Yes, and... Uh, I, don't, I don't know which, but I'm tipping two. Yeah, and probably one in the main game and one in the uh, Fujitsus. Yeah. Does Phillip Island mean anything when it comes to Bathurst, Tony? Uh, well, I think what it means is that we actually saw a couple of great performances from some from some guys that really put their hand up, and Nick Perkat was probably one of those. I mean, uh, so unfortunate for him on the front of the grid, all there, and then, of course, the, the stalling car and the, the starter motor issue, starting from pit lane and then getting that car back up to fourth before he handed that to Garth Tanner was a pretty special drive by the young kid. So I think it means that we do have a couple of great stars who are willing to put their hand up and say, hey, bloke who drives full-time, I'm here and I want to support you and I want to win Bathurst. I'm not just here for good looks. I actually want to do something. What mm. else does it mean? I think we, uh, I'll reiterate, reiterate what I said before. It probably means that it shows us that Triple Eight are the best team around. Peter? Um, I think it confirms the teams that really have their act together and therefore agree about the comment of Triple Eight. But I don't think it proves the people who... Uh, uh, have, have it all wrong. I think Dick Johnson Racing uh, and to some extent Brad Jones Racing will have much better weekends at Bathurst. James Small is leaving Kelly Racing. How much does this hamper Dave Reynolds and Tim Blanchard's end of year? Uh, I'll take that one. I, uh, how much Dave Reynolds is the one that's going to probably hamper himself, I suppose, at the moment with all the talk going around that he's already got, uh, he's already signed a contract and is running off two contracts for season 2012 at the moment uh, in regards to the FPR seat with the Bottolo team. That needs to be sorted out and needs to be sorted out quickly because there's a lot of short fuses ready to just go off at Kelly Racing in the very near future. So Dave Reynolds could be his own worst enemy at the moment, unfortunately, because he's a great bloke. Interesting way to look at it, Peter. Um, yes, I've heard an interview with uh, David, how he was saying uh, the benefits he's, he was enjoying of working with James and uh, it seemed to be a, a partnership that was really, really working. And I think it does hamper his uh, remainder of the year, not having uh, James Small there. Mm, you must have been listening to the V8 Insiders. That could have been the one. <laughs> Will resurfacing of Queensland Raceway make it better for V8 supercars, Pete? Um, yes, I think it has to. The, if you look at the lap records, they haven't uh, improved over time. The track's gotten bumpier and uh, the, the grumbling has gotten louder. I think the resurfacing is... Uh, you know, well Up again to be on this program. Uh, you can dip poo in strawberry jam, but it's still poo. I, I like that saying. It was a Foxtel show where they said... You know, you can't polish a turd, but you can make it, but you can pour glitter on it and make it shiny. 
<laughs> I tell you what, they need more than the resurface. Although the racing's normally pretty good there, so Queensland Raceway, who knows what's going to happen? That's Gas and Go for another week here on the Vad Insiders. It's brought to you by VADX Magazine. Stephen Johnson on the cover. Get it now. Gas and Go is brought to you by the V8X Magazine. Log on to the official V8X Magazine Facebook page for your chance to win some great prizes. Tony Shebecker and Peter Norton will be back in with more right after this. Find out more about your favourite supercar teams and drivers when we go inside further on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Peter Norton and Tony Shebecki join me, Craig Ravel, as we look at, uh, well, a few matters that are interesting to me. You talked about contracts before, and I finally got a chance to talk contracts with someone, because uh, do contracts mean anything these days? Tony Shebecki, you were last week, you know, the week before last, in there at SEN when all the Ross Lyon stuff blew up. Do we just know now that the value of a contract isn't really the paper it's printed on? It would seem that way, wouldn't it, Craig? And you're right, in so many different sports, that seems to be the situation. Uh, look at the, the situation with guys over in the NBA at the moment. Most of those guys uh, were still sort of contracted, I believe, but the lockout has put them out. And they've got uh, it's just uh, weird stuff. No, you're right, contracts don't mean uh, anything nowadays, and it, it's really hard to hold someone to a contract, I would have thought, in, in any regard. So, yeah, it's it tough. If, if you want to move... I always say, you know, how can you hold on to someone who doesn't want to be there? Mm. And Peter, interesting, if we liken the Ross Lyon situation, who had an out clause, to perhaps Dave Reynolds, who Tony mentioned earlier, who is actually beating his teammates. So is that a lack of performance out clause? Well, uh, I think the whole thing gets messy. I'm sure that there's lots of loopholes or triggers that people write into uh, contracts so that they can get... <clears throat> So they can get out when they want to, but uh, you also have to look at some of the uh, uh, maybe you know, rugby union coaches who were, were fired early. Um, very quietly, um, they get a, uh, a check on their way out because they've still got a couple of years to run in their contract. So I think contracts do have a value, and uh, you know, if you're a driver that wants to get free from a team early because someone else wants to uh, pay you more and give you better opportunities, maybe you leave a check on the on the way out as well. But I think what is obvious is that if the uh, team dynamic and the harmony has all gone, why would you want to enforce someone to stay? Mm. Precisely. Yeah, it is a a tough situation for anyone. We we see one end of Ross Lyon's situation, who's a grown man, well-experienced in life, and then the other end you've got players and drivers who are much younger with a lot less life experience to be able to make these pretty uh, tough decisions on time. It's like a marriage. Sometimes you can just lose the love. Mm. Well, one place that uh, seems to be getting a lot of love is the idea that we should adopt a NASCAR chase in the V8 Supercar Championship. Tony, what's your thoughts? And uh, do we have to restructure the whole end of the year to be able to accommodate something like this? 
Yeah, that worked for Canberra. <laughs> it was entertaining. Yeah, it was also expensive. <laughs> hey, I guess uh, we've seen Sebastian Vettel this year just about wrap up the Formula One championship now that they've gone to a bigger point spread. So do do we think that uh, that exercise isn't going to be replicated by anyone else soon? Yeah, Casey Stone is going to wrap up the championship. I would have thought probably when they come down to Phillip Island. Uh, in a couple of weeks' time as well, he'll, he'll get to a situation. So there's a, a few of the major categories around the world look like they may uh, all be over way before the season ends. I, I wonder uh, how that affects support of the uh, the categories heading into the last few races. Mm. Because you, you have to think, when the fans think, oh, well, they're just going to be trundling around to grab points, it's not going to be as exciting, Peter. Yeah, that's right. Um, but I think we also have to put it into context. You know, Formula One is the, 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 pen, the pinnacle of uh, technology and innovation. V8 supercars is a, a control category. Um, so I don't think V8 supercars um, you know, should be focusing on the problems from Formula One, from point scores and everything like that. They should be focusing on making sure that uh, anyone can get the control equipment uh, with a bit of smarts, have an equal, equal car to anyone else. Mm. Well, that's all we've got time for in this roundtable segment. But, Tony, I want to give you the chance to give the plug. On the grid, two more shows leading up to the start of Bathurst. Yeah, looking forward to a massive uh, preview of Bathurst this week and then uh, we'll be doing it live from the track, uh, obviously, during Bathurst week. So on the grid, 8 till 9 every Sunday morning on 11.16 SEN here in Melbourne. Or uh, if you want to download our app, you can uh, on the iPhone or also on the Android too, uh, SEN, 11.16 SEN, or you can also listen to it online. Yes, thanks very much. And, of course, Inside Thank Motorsport, you. Peter, is online 24-7 each and every week. Yes, it is, and uh, I was excited to start with, but now I'm just bursting with excitement. Is it too early to have my bag packed? Yes, well, yeah, it is. Yeah, that's, that's s- kind of sick, Peter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jason Richards, the first part of a very long interview we did with him at Phillip Island, is up next here on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. 
Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Rick Kelly. You're listening to V8 Insiders. On this week's Y-Flag Lap, we hear from Jason Richards, who I spoke to during the Phillip Island 500. Well, Jason Richards, uh, 2010 has been another tough year for you. How have you been feeling physically right throughout this year? Well, it's 2011, for a start. Uh, um, You're doing better than me. Yeah, that's right. Who's on the drugs here? Um, look, you know, to be honest, um, it has been tough. It's been, uh, you know, the biggest mental challenge of my life, obviously, with trying to deal with this cancer and um, uh, find some sort of solution. I mean, it's, uh, you know, you have eight, ten months of continuously bad news, bad scans, eventually wears you down. But, you know, we've been travelling pretty good. I mean, we've had great support and um, I've keeping myself very active. Uh, you know, I swapped, I guess, motor racing for golf, uh, which has given me a, the competitive uh, spirit as well as... Um, uh, you know, somewhere, you know, I go for a walk in the park effectively at a golf ball and talk to some mates and get out in the fresh air. So that's something I can physically do and, and enjoy. So, um, and, you know, from time to time, still jump in race cars. I still uh, race at the Muscle Car Masters, which had, you know, a lot of fun at. And I'm still involved with the Ferraris at Marinello Motorsport. And, you know, we're still looking at doing some other stuff. So uh, at Bathurst and, and other things with some support categories. Um, so... You know, life hasn't been too bad, to be fair. I mean, you know, it's, it's been a mental challenge. Some days I'm, I'm better than others, both physically and, and I guess, emotionally. Um, but, uh, you know, one thing I have learned if I keep myself extremely active, uh, it makes me feel healthier. Seeing you in and around the garages and the pit paddock uh, throughout the year, have you been surprised with the way the public has been embracing and trying to do what they can to help you? Oh, look, it's the, the public uh, motor racing fans in general and everybody, you know, have been amazing. It's, um, uh, you know, the, 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 and it's one of the enjoyable things at coming to race meetings as I walk away with a lot of the positive energy the fans give me. So um, it's tiring, though, you know, like, don't get me wrong. It's, um, you know, one of the downsides of the cancer and, and some of the medication is makes you very tired um so you know you tend to repeat your story over and over and over yeah. but you know I, I still think i get more out of it at the end of the weekend uh from the positive energy i get from the fans and and the you know the physical support they've, they've, they've shown over the, the last sort of you know 10 months another driver john bow talked about when he retired the mental side and the and the and the depression and the things that went on in his head when he retired has he been someone that you've been up to talk to about these sorts of things? Well, he's actually my... Uh, he's a very good friend and he li- lives across the roads, uh, you know, diagonally across the road. So we uh, we see each other five or six times a week. Um, so, you know, we, we, we quite often talk. But, you know, I have not struggled with stopping racing because, you know, unlike John, um, you know, I physically can't really do it. Uh, well, And emotionally, I don't really want to do it because I know I'll focus on racing cars and not my cancer so um, I haven't actually missed it a great deal I mean there's there's areas I've missed which is the driving aspect and the sporting aspect Um, but if you can't physically do it you don't miss it I mean it's you know I've got bigger things to worry about in my life than um, than racing cars 
I get enjoyment from it, and I still have the opportunity to, to drive cars, and, and you know, from time, from time to time, drive the V8 supercars. So, um, uh, you know, it's a to- quite a different situation from someone who's retired to someone who's forced to stop because of a, uh, an illness. And as I said, I've, I've managed to replace chunks of my life uh, with, you know, with another sport, and um, I've got myself involved heavily in that sport, and... and um, uh, you know I, the benefit is I've got a young family, so I've been able to stay at home a lot with more, uh, and I've got my life back, and I've got my weekends back, and you know all the things which you'd never really realised you, you you missed. You know I, I really enjoy. So you know for two young kids, they keep you extremely busy. So you talked uh, earlier in the year about a, a program you were hoping to be able to get onto into America. Has that been successful, or are you still trying to fight that battle with the uh, enforcement over here? Uh, no, well, so I've, I've tried that. It's, um, I went over to uh, Michigan, and that was, um, you know, a really great trip. And, and uh, you know, I, it was twofold. It was able to get better information um, for them to, to oversee my treatment. I have a look exactly what I've got, um, and they are the, the worldwide experts and. And a very rare cancer, adrenal cortical carcinoma. So um, those guys have, um, you know, now yeah, they know me as well. It's only only a phone call away. I tried what what perceived they perceived to be the ideal treatment for me, but it wasn't successful. Um, I am now on uh, another another treatment, which is a pill-based treatment, tablet-based treatment. It's extremely expensive, like ridiculously expensive per month. But um, it's shown that uh, we've had minor success with it so uh, while my cancer is not getting smaller it hasn't, hasn't grown recently so um, which is you know a fantastic uh, achievement My thanks to Jason Richards, Peter Norton Tony Shebecki as the checker flag waves on another edition of the V8 Insiders Keep smiling and bye for now Join us next week for more V8 Insiders only on v8x.com.au